I was thinking about if uh, this was someone's first Sunday here and you look up at that, you're kind of wondering about us probably. So <laughs> We're in a masquerade series. So. Just curious, how many would be willing to admit at some point in your life you got caught in a lie? Come on, raise your hands. Uh, keep them up, keep them up. All right. If anybody doesn't have their hand up, just turn to them and go, you've been caught now, okay? It's like, yeah. We've all been caught at some point in our lives lying. And my guess is, if, if we're honest, um, we were trying to cover up something. And I want to suggest that's how sin works. When, when we sin, we do all kinds of things to cover up. The mask comes up, and the masquerade begins. When we sin, everybody here, by the way, has sinned. You know, newsflash, you're not perfect, I'm not perfect. But what we have is a choice to make when we sin. And it is a big choice. You see, I think our temptation is to conceal, is to put on the mask, to cover up. That's our natural inclination. I think because we feel bad. Uh, We know it's wrong. We don't want to be found out. And the fact is, we're afraid of being exposed. You know, the first few stories in the Bible, you see it over and over again. There's this very common thread of sin and cover-up, sin and cover-up, sin and cover-up. Uh, last week, we, we talked about the first sin in, in human history. It was found in the book of Genesis. Remember Adam and Eve, they're in the Garden of Eden, everything's perfect. God said that they could eat from any tree they wanted except the one in the middle of the garden, tree of knowledge of good and evil. And then Satan approached Eve in the form of a serpent, and it's like, Did God really say that you can't eat from that tree? I mean, that you can't eat from that tree. It's just a little piece of fruit, you know. How could that hurt anything? Come on. And so Eve ate of the forbidden fruit. She took some to Adam. Adam ate. And then God comes looking for him, and we spent most of our last session talking about how they were hiding from God. And there's a point where God asked them, you know, why, why they did it. And, and it's kind of comical because Adam, he blames Eve, and he even blames God in, in the process. He's like, the woman, she made me do it. Come to think of it, the woman that you put in the garden, the woman that you made, God, it's kind of your fault. And so then Eve blames the the serpent. The serpent made me do it. He didn't have a leg to stand on, by the way. So I know I had to use it. (laughs) So, So Adam and Eve sin. They're fully aware of what they've done. They're scrambling. They're running around. They're hiding. They're covering up. They're blaming. They're deflecting. The next story in the Bible... It's Cain and Abel. They're brothers. They're the sons of Adam and Eve. Now, Cain is the first person born in history. 
Abel is the first person to die. You see, Cain was jealous of Abel. You know, Cain had given an offering to God that was kind of a second-rate offering. And Abel, he gave his very, very best to God. And God favored it. And Cain couldn't deal with it. In fact, he knew that he had shorted God. He knew that he had given kind of a second-rate offering. But he couldn't come to terms. And he does the unthinkable. He kills his brother Abel. God shows up. God does that a lot. God knows what Cain's done. God always knows. And God asks Cain, where's your brother Abel? I don't know. Am I my brother's keeper? It's sin, deflection, cover-up, masquerade. Over and over again, you go a little bit further in the book of Genesis, you got a guy by the name of Joseph. He's a young man. He gets a vision from God. He gets a vision that one day he's going to be a great leader. And so he tells his brothers about it. That went over big. His brothers are jealous. His brothers thought he was kind of cocky. They couldn't stand it. And so scripture says that they beat him up. They threw him in a pit. They left him there to die. Then I guess they were feeling kind of bad about it. And they pulled him out of the pit and they sold him into slavery. As the brothers are heading home without Joseph, they get concerned about dad might be mad, I guess. And so they concoct a story, a masquerade. A cover-up. You know, they, they covered Joseph's robe with, with the blood of an animal. And they tell their dad that he's dead. We're not sure, Dad. I don't know what happened. Wild animal must have got him. And so we got the sin, this cover-up. Friends, when we sin... We face this choice, and our natural inclination, the easiest thing to do is this, to cover up, to start a masquerade in our lives. Or we can drop the mask and confess, but that's the choice. I mean, what do we do? What do we do? You know, Proverbs 28 says, you will never succeed in life if you try to what? Hide your sins. Confess them and give them up, then God will show mercy to you. Friends, whoever wears the mask, whoever tries to hide their sin, Scripture says you don't prosper. The the result of that is not good. Over the long haul, I mean, you might get by with it for a little while, but over the long haul, Scripture would indicate you better watch out. You know, but whoever has the courage to drop the mask, to come out of hiding, to confess, to to give up on that sin, finds mercy. See, it's the two places. I believe that some of us are at the crossroads today. A crossroads that we have all faced, where we are confronted by sin and we have a choice to make. 
you know, you can continue to hide and to do this, not prosper, suffer, not have peace, or you can drop the mask and confess and have mercy. You know, this is a significant choice. In fact, it is a life-changing decision. Some of you are at that crossroads today. There's a guy in the Old Testament by the name of David. David was king of, of Israel. David was at a crossroads one time. You know, David loved God. In fact, Scripture says that he was described as a man after God's own heart. In other words, I want you to get a picture here. David wasn't this awful, off-the-chart, vile kind of individual. He loved God, but he got tripped up. David was tempted, and he really made a mess of things. And when I read his story and others in Scripture, I, I think it should remind us that we are all vulnerable to temptation in our lives. Stories found in 2 Samuel, the 11th chapter, says, In the spring, at a time when kings go off to war, David sent Joab out to the king and the king's men and the whole Israelite army. They destroyed the Ammonites, besieged Rahab, but David remained in Jerusalem. Apparently, in the spring was a time when kings went to war. It's just what they did. I don't know if they like, hey, we've got an off-season in the winter, you know, we're going to kick back, no fighting or whatever. But what we know is that they were to go to war in the spring. David was the king. He should have been at war. He didn't go to war. We don't know why he stayed home, but he is in the palace and he's in Jerusalem. Scripture goes on, it says... One evening, David got up from his bed and walked around on the roof of the palace. It says, from the roof, he saw a woman bathing. The woman was very beautiful. David sees a naked woman. Every guy in this place just woke up, didn't you? He spots her. Now, let's talk about it. Is, is that a big deal? No, not, not if David had just noticed and then went back about his business. But it's not what David did. In fact, the, the Hebrew word for Saul is rah. It, it means he looked intently. In other words, David didn't just go, oh, there's an attractive woman taking a bath. No, he moves on. He, he looks at her lustfully, Scripture says. goes on and says, and David sent someone to find out about her. The man said, she is Bathsheba, the daughter of Eliam and the wife of Uriah the Hittite. David sends a messenger, someone from the court, to find out who she is. The messenger goes, he finds out, he comes back, and I get the sense that very respectfully he says, King, her name's Bathsheba. She's not available, she's married. But David doesn't listen. Goes on and says, Then David sent a messenger to get her. She came to him and he slept with her. Then she went back home. I picture her maybe slinking out of the 
palace. Maybe, maybe David's messengers escorted her out. I, I don't know. But they didn't figure anybody would find out. Nobody would ever have to know. In verse 5, it says, The woman conceived and sent word to David saying, I am pregnant. I read that and I go, wow. Things spun out so fast here. David, David is a king. He summons Bathsheba. She may not have had any choice in the matter. We don't really know. But in five verses, we go from a casual walk on a rooftop to sex with a married woman that results in a pregnancy. And it all happened so fast. And it wasn't David's plan. Friends, that's how sin works. Some of you have sin in your life that's about to become a tragedy. It will cost you more than you can ever imagine. When, when sin overtakes you, it takes you down. It, it often, we, we look back at the carnage in, in life, and people will summarize what happened in just a few words. It just happened. I, I don't know what I was thinking. It started out, it was such a little thing. And now look. I mean, how does that happen? How does it happen? I want to show you a few things as David's story unfolds, things that kind of contributed to his situation, to him spinning out ultimately. You know, that you notice first that David was supposed to be at war. He's not where he's supposed to be. He sees something that he shouldn't have seen if he'd have been where he was supposed to be, which led him to do something that he wasn't supposed to do, which cost him far more than he really wanted to pay. You know, as Christians, we're vulnerable to sin. I think especially sins of the flesh. You know, the Bible calls it lust of the flesh. I mean, it's a, it's a battle. Because on a good day, on a good day, as a Christian, we allow the Holy Spirit to lead us. We try and make decisions that are pleasing to God when the, when the Spirit rules, when it's strong. On a bad day, yeah, the body screams. It overtakes the Spirit. You know, we get weak and sin creeps in and selfishness kicks in. I want what I want. We know something's wrong. We know it's dangerous, but it's a battle. It's a battle. I know I shouldn't think this. I know I shouldn't do this. And the logic in the mind, it's, it's screaming. The truth of the Spirit, God's Holy Spirit trying to guide us, but it just gets overruled and people jump. Do it all the time. You know, I remember I, I was in sixth grade, and... Uh, Buddy, come over, come over to my house, and uh, he's like, hey, check this out. And he throws a Playboy magazine to me. Now, there are two things I remember. One, Miss July, 1974. <laughs> I'm, I'm being honest. That's how dangerous pornography is. 
It embeds in our minds. And the second thing I remember is the battle. The battle that went on in my head. You know, as I'm flipping through the pages, I'm thinking, this isn't right. My parents would be really disappointed in me if they knew. I need to stop looking. What would God think about this? Close the magazine, Damon. And I kept turning the pages. That's how temptation works in every area of our life. You know, whatever it is that we're battling, it overwhelms our logic. It overwhelms the truth of God. It overwhelms the spirit at some point. Maybe, maybe someone's struggling in a marriage. You know, somebody else is especially nice. They listen. And in your mind, you're thinking, I shouldn't be attracted. I should not pursue this. This isn't right. But the emotions overrule. The desire wins. Friends, it's destructive. It's destructive. Maybe it's an integrity issue. You know, I know I should be honest about everything. But I need to close this deal. I'm not telling a lie. I'm just leaving some stuff out that would make it hard to close that deal. Besides, I mean, they they do the same thing if they had the chance. I know this is wrong. But I need to close the deal because I need the money. See, battle, the battle, and when the flesh wins, watch out. I mean, what do you do when you sin? See, by nature, when we jump, especially those sins of the flesh, we are tempted to conceal. You know, who? Me? Are you kidding? I don't know what you're talking about. I, I would never do that. Not me. Friends, you have a choice to make. And the temptation is to put on the mask. The temptation is to go into masquerade time. It's what David did. It's what David did. David puts on a masquerade. David, he he develops this elaborate plan to kind of cover up you know, he immediately has Uriah, Bathsheba's husband, has him brought home from the war. He figures that if he gets him home, that him being home, they'd be romantic, and then David would send him back to war. Nine months later, she would give birth. No one would be the wiser. That's David's A plan, okay? So David summons Uriah. He brings him back to Jerusalem. But Uriah is a man of integrity. And he decides that since his men are suffering, and that they are at war, and they cannot be with their family, cannot be with their wives, he will not either. In fact, Scripture says he slept outside of the home. In other words, no romance. David goes to plan B. He gets Uriah drunk. Figures if he gets him drunk, you know, good old love and feeling and everything will work out for him. But it didn't work. Now he's in a tough spot. David's desperate. David moves to plan C. 
Send Uriah to the front lines where the casualties are heavy. See, he's hoping Uriah will get killed. And Uriah was killed. Masquerade. And it come with a high price. Friends, hear this. Sin will always cost you more than you can ever imagine. I mean, so what do you do? I I know this isn't right. I I don't want to get caught. I shouldn't be doing this. And so we mask up. We do it all the time. We hide. We conceal. We get really creative. Because why? It's a masquerade. And then things start spinning out. And plan A, cover up. Cover up. Delete the text of the person you shouldn't be texting. Delete the history on the computer. You know, cook the books. Doctor the documents. Throw away the receipts. Hide the bottles of liquor. You know, stash the pills. You know, whatever you got to do, just cover it up so no one knows. And when that doesn't work, well, plan B. You blame somebody, right? Plausible deniability. It wasn't me. I don't know what you're talking about. I would never, ever do that. And plan C, if you get caught, there's nothing left to do. You deflect, don't you? Well, if you hadn't done this, if you had done this, this wouldn't have happened. You know, I don't, I didn't really want to, but they, like, like it's not your fault. Conceal, hide, deflect, masquerade, happens all the time. The whole time we're doing it, we forget a fundamental biblical truth and reality in life. That those that conceal, those that hide, that play this game, they don't prosper. They don't prosper. When you confess your sins, when you turn ultimately from whatever it is, you find God's mercy. You know, so we mask up. We try covering up. Well, good luck. Because God has a way of uncovering sin. In fact, I believe he specializes in it. You know, Luke 8, 17, it says, whatever is hidden away will be brought out into the open, Jesus says, and whatever is covered up will be found and brought to the light. That's a truth. Jesus was reflecting an Old Testament truth found in the book of Numbers. Your, your sins will find you out. You may get by with it for a while. And if you're really unlucky, you notice I said unlucky. If you're really unlucky, you may never get found out. You may never get caught while you're on this earth. But friends, you may be thinking, no one knows, no harm, no foul. But here's what I know. You know. And God knows. And we will give an account 
for our lives and eternity. And we will stand before God, the God that created us, and we will not have a mask. And we will not be able to cover up. It will cost you more than you can imagine. Whenever we conceal whatever it is, there is going to be a point where it's exposed. God is not mocked. We reap what we sow. Don't kid yourself. God sees through the mess. Here's the amazing thing that I find, that when we confess whatever it is, God's faithful. God will forgive you. God will cleanse you. God loves you enough. In fact, I believe God loves some of you so much that he made sure you were here today so you could be confronted, you know, so that you would drop the mask, so that you would come clean, so that you would confess your sin and be willing to own it. It's what David did. I would encourage you, we don't have time this morning, but I'd encourage you to read uh, 2 Samuel, the 12th chapter. Read the whole chapter. Because when you read it, you, you find the love and compassion of God. The love and compassion that God had on David. I mean, God sends Nathan to, to David. Nathan was a prophet. God sent him to David specifically to confront him. Nathan, he tells David to sit down, that he wants to tell him a story. And so he tells him a story. He tells him a story about two men. He says, this one guy was filthy, rich. I mean, he had so much money. And in fact, he had so many lambs that, that he couldn't even count them all. He had no idea how many there were. He said, but there was this other guy. This guy was really poor. And he had one lamb. And it was kind of like a pet in the family. He raised it like it was one of his children. It ate dinner with the family. It slept in the house. He said, one day there was a man traveling through the region. And the rich man offered to feed him dinner. But the rich man didn't want to give up any of his lambs. And so he killed the lamb of the poor man. And he feeds the traveler. Scripture says when David heard this story, he, he's outraged. He's full of anger. He says, that's awful. I mean, that man deserves to die. I cannot believe that someone would do something like that. And Nathan looked at David and he says, you are the man. You have sinned against God. It is time to come clean See, God sent Nathan to David because God loved David that much. It's how God works. Maybe that's why you're here. Time's up. You're the one. It's time to come out of hiding. It's time to come clean. It's time to make things right. I mean, you, you can try this. People live this way all the time. Hiding, concealing. You won't prosper in life. Not really. You definitely won't have peace. At some point, it's coming out. Your choice is this or confessing and turning and finding God's mercy in your life. I mean, what are you hiding today? 
than an addiction? Alcohol? Drugs? Is it you're flirting with someone on Facebook or at work? Maybe you haven't done anything. But it's crossed your mind. I mean, maybe, maybe you're already in a sinful relationship. Maybe it's an issue of honesty. You know, shady deals. Trimming corners. Maybe it's overspending. You're just trying to fill a void. Maybe it's a temptation of some sort. And in your mind, you know, I shouldn't. But you jump anyway. Friends, it's time to confess that to God. You know, First John says, but if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from everything we've done wrong. That's where you start. You drop the mask. You confess to God. It's what David did. David did that. You know, David, David, he was running around trying to fool everybody, a big masquerade. And at some point, he just says, enough. It all comes out. He confesses. I love David's prayer. It's in the Psalms. In fact, the whole chapter is his prayer. But it says, have mercy on me, O God. Because of your unfailing love, because of your great compassion, blot out the stains of my sin, wash my, me, cleanse me from my guilt, purify me from my sins. David just pours it out to God. Friends, some of you need to drop the mask. You just need to go to God and, and confess whatever it is. And I, I want to encourage you to be specific about it. See, I think when it comes to sin, they, imagine you have the same tendency I've got with sin. And that is, I like to talk in generic terms. Why? Because it's easy. It's easy. I, I think that's why we bundle our sins, you know. Forgive me all my sins. That doesn't sound so bad, does it, really? Compared to having to list them out? Be real specific? I've got a problem with lying. I've got an addiction to coke. I've got a problem with pornography, I'm, I'm cheating on my spouse. See, God's waiting for you to confess. David, he drops the mask. He confesses to God. He, he turns from his sin. That's important. Turning, saying, you know what? New day, new way. I'm putting it behind me. It says, create in me a clean heart, O God. Renew a loyal spirit within me. Do not banish me from your presence and do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and make me willing to obey you. David says, God, there was a time when we were, we were close. There was a time, but, but the sin, this mask, it's blocking that intimacy. It's blocking that, that connection. God, I need you. I, I need your Holy Spirit in my life. I need you to restore me. And that's where some of you are right now. 
I mean, some of you would say, you know what, I, I was once really close to God. But now I feel like I'm distant. How do I let that happen? No, God, I need you to wash my sins away. I need you to create in me a clean heart, a new heart. I need you to restore me back to where I was. Whatever made you put this on, whatever it is that's putting distance between you and God, I want to challenge you today to say, you know what, God? I'm through. No more masks. None. It's over. No more. Today is the day. You know, pour out your heart to God and confess. And just ask God to help you turn from whatever it is. Give you the strength to overcome whatever it is. Receive God's mercy. See, we deserve to be punished. But God has mercy. We deserve to be punished, but God has grace, and God forgives us. You know, I talk to people often, and they, they go kind of through this cycle where they are continually confessing the same sin over and over and over and over and over, and they still don't feel forgiven. And I think it's because they forget the last step in all of this, is once you confess and you say, you know what, I'm not going to do this anymore— You've got to accept God's forgiveness. You just have to accept it. You know, how does God forgive? Instantly. There's no delays. There's no hesitation. There's no if, ands, or buts, or hey, how about this? God just forgives when you drop the mask, when you quit trying to hide, when you stop doing the cover-up, when you admit whatever it is, Specifically, and confess that God forgives you. Scripture says that he has removed our sins as far from us as the east is from the west. How far is that? No end. Friends, some of you are at the crossroads today. And you have a choice to make. You can live with the mask. Lots of people do. You can hide. You can conceal. But can I tell you, life will get tough. Peace will evade you. And you won't prosper. Not really. But that's a choice. Or you can throw the mask away and confess to God whatever it is, and turn from your sin, and God will show you mercy, and God will forgive you. Don't be afraid, and don't be ashamed to stop the masquerade. Let's bow in a word of prayer. Our holy God, we are all people of some type of masquerade. We've all been there. There may be some there today. God, I pray that you would give us the strength to just take the mask off. You see through it anyway. 
God, that we would just confess whatever it is to you. God, you are holy. You are worthy of our best. You're worthy of our honesty. And God, I am amazed at the grace you have, the love, the forgiveness, the mercy that you extend. Now, there have been many times in my life that I've not been worthy of it. But you freely gave it. God, there may be those here today that need that grace, they need that forgiveness. God, I pray as they just lift it up to you that you just wash them clean, creating them a new heart. God, give us the courage to just put down the mass and to live our lives before you. It's in Christ's holy name we pray. Amen. Just remain seated. Just, if you got something, lift it up to God in your heart.